This podcast is brought to you by Sales Fuel Hire, a platform to help companies hire smarter and flag 13 toxic employee types. Measure job fit, sales tendencies and motivators, decision-making abilities and empathy levels, and make your next hire your best hire. Try it now on salesfuel.com slash hire and use promo code ManageSmarter for $50 off your first purchase. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop and retain talent, improve results and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, Lee, uh, there's opportunity to be had amid all the chaos and uh, stress going on right now, right? You've been wanting to kind of talk about that a little bit. I, I certainly have. There is always opportunities for advancement, opportunities for growth, and even you know, even in the darkest of times. And we did that during 9/11, and you know, we're we're going to do it again now. We have an extraordinary guest today. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. And this man has quite a story, quite a life he's had. It's Cliff Farah. He is, serves as the President and CEO of the Beacon Group. More than 25 years advising clients on organic and inorganic growth strategies and tactics in you know, the healthcare vertical, tech, industrial, energy, and defense marketplace. His thought leading work on growth strategy, innovation, commercialization, market disruption, and surface business model design has been used successfully by Fortune 100 clients. He's the author of dozens of growth strategy and analytical frameworks. He has a white paper that I just took a look at that is very interesting and germane to what we're going to talk about today called Racing in Light Air. And because Cliff is a competitive sailor, a former high school sailing coach, and a U.S. national amateur champion, he's got a bunch of analogies in this white paper called Racing in the Light Air that are germane to what do you do to get ahead in this market climate and down market. Cliff, welcome to the show. Hey, Audrey, thanks. Nice, nice to be here. Nice to uh, chat with you as well, Lee. Thank you. So Looking what are some it. of the lessons you say for, uh, you've got lessons for doing business in a down economy. What are some of the top lessons? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when, when uh, I wrote this framework, my intent was to try to do something that people could connect with. And not everybody's a sailor, but there are, there are a lot of rules for sailing that, uh, you know, that are relevant in, in a down economy um, that, that I, th- I think we, we can talk a little bit about. I don't know if you want to talk about the selling part first or the, um, uh, the, the business part, but, you know, when, in, in light air sailing or, or when there's very little wind on the, on the water, you know, c- clearly finding the breeze is important. All that means is, look, you keep your head out of the boat, you look to find breeze on the water, and, and you try to keep yourself in that breeze. You know, from a business standpoint, uh, in your market, someone is spending money, and and the reality is that identifying who those people are, um, what their needs are, and then how you might uniquely or best address those needs is it's just a critical behavior. And I think um, you know uh, there there can be a sense of um, you know being overwhelmed as as you look mm-hmm. at the market yeah. right now. People, I think, are are you know either super super busy, right? If you're in med device right now, if you're in um, uh, any anything to do with network comms and infrastructure build out, because people are working from home and there's all sorts of demand being put on networks, and we have you know a healthcare crisis that we're trying to meet. Th- those folks are insanely busy, and they're just trying to meet demand, and that will continue for a while. Um, there are other sectors, you know, 
you, know, you, could, you could pick oil and gas right now, uh, which was in trouble before mm -hmm. um, this, uh, this, this crisis emerged. Um, you know, the, the, um, the, the, in those markets, you could be feeling overwhelmed. And, and I think it's important to have faith and, and be smart about identifying where, in fact, needs exist and how you might, you know, how you might serve them. Um, you know, uh, another, another rule in light air that we have is, you know, you, you, shed, you shed weight on the boat. You, you, you know, heavy boats are slow boats. So you need to be smart about the right size of your organization for the workload that it currently has. Um, we're Americans, so we, we tend to be extraordinarily optimistic about our ability to, um, uh, you know, as, as business owners, right? If you're an entrepreneur in America, you tend to be extraordinarily, um, um, you know, classes is, is half uh, full kind of a, a mindset. And, and, and I think it's, it's important that as you consider um, uh, you know, go forward. You, you're 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 very realistic about the headcount that is required, and you're you're grappling with things like furlough and layoff. And uh, we have a we have a stimulus package uh, right now that that you know gives some relief to people on that front, uh, employers. And I think you know that that uh, staff is. Um, you know the you know so so I think I think those are a couple of really really basic ones that are that are super hard to execute well that people need to be thinking about. Um, the other you know there there are some other ones that I think are interesting um, that are are sort of non-intuitive um, in in sailing in boat in racing boats in light air. You know there's a there's a trade-off between. Um, how you know how close you sail to the mark and how fast the boat goes. So so it's pointing versus footing. I won't I won't get into the the the, the principles there. Sailors will get it. But but from a business standpoint, what it means is it's important you keep the motor running. So so rather than um, uh, strictly worrying about getting and maintaining your top line um, revenue uh, uh, perspective. It's, it's much more important that you keep your people busy and that you keep your core team busy. So, so the, so the trade-off is you might use a price discount to maintain work so that the engine continues to run and doesn't break. Um, and, uh, you know, we think, we think that's, we think that's much more important than trying to maximize margin or maintain some arbitrary standard that you set before. That makes sense. Yeah. Cliff, that you know, this discussion reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, which is a you know, all ships are safe when they're in the harbor, but that's not what <laughs> ships were built for. Right, right. <laughs> and and um that that's totally true. And you know, we, we talk a little bit in this white paper about sometimes a flyer pays. Uh and, and what that means is you know, sometimes you need to take a risk and it should be a calculated one, but markets are in disruption. So Every one of the listeners right now should be thinking about the near and long-term implications of the pandemic, right? So, so let's think about it. Um, let's let's take uh, the fact that we're all starting to work from home. There are economic, infrastructure, political, cultural mm -hmm. implications of this, and and you know savvy. Um, companies are starting to think through what that means to their business. So Do I really need this much commercial office space. Yeah, commercial office well, space. Right. Uh, so okay, so let's talk about that. So so you're you're a you're a property owner right now. 
your tenants are asking you for abatement on their rent. Mm -hmm. Some of them are, are probably filing for bankruptcy, unfortunately. Um, what do you do uh, with, that, with that square footage? So, so, so property managers, owners of, of, of physical infrastructure should be thinking about repurposing their footprint, about changing their business model. So let's assume that we all get comfortable working at home. I've, I've been working at home for a long time. So for me, this is very, very normal. For other people, they're going to have what six months, five, six months of 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 work from home experience. By the time this is over, they will have built out enterprise grade communications infrastructure in their home. They'll get used to the one minute commute, right? The the walk from the, you know from the pass from the, the cat the, down the hall. Yeah, yeah. If, we stay, if we can all stay out of the kitchen, it would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So so they start to get used to that, and there's going to be some percentage of worker that wants that to continue. So employers are going to be confronting um, whether or not that's something they want to embrace. If it is, yeah. then then commercial real estate's a tough hole right now. Um, yeah, the way I the way I see it, Cliff, is like this: the pandemic is is the, is a great accelerator. So things that yeah. were already happen happening before are now just accelerating. And whether it be shopping malls is is one example. It's like now they were already getting hit, you know, with with some of the retailers filing for bankruptcy. Well. Bricks and mortar retail, you know, was another yeah. one that was already sliding, and right. you know, delivery from grocery stores was something that was already picking up. Just like online learning and things right. like that, were these were things that were already happening, but now they've been greatly accelerated. And so, right. just as the shopping mall has to replace the Sears and Roebuck store, that well, I'm dating myself, the Sears store, that oh. uh, <laughs> timely reference. Yes. Yeah, that have gone out of business now with, with a urgent care center or with a gymnasium or something like that. You know. Just as you said, it's like oh, we have to we have to use our space, we have to use our people, and and and, and keep them busy and keep them productive. Yeah, I and, and so, so I think that's spot on, and and so being creative and, and taking a flyer. So think about uh, urban office buildings where there may be a housing shortage. Um, repurposing, reconfiguring offices into residential space or a portion of offices into residential space um, is something I think we'll we'll, we'll probably see. So do you get, you know, do you get ahead of that? Is it something, you know, that you, you start to shape the market in, in your um, area so that you're positioned at the forefront of that, of that shift and able to take advantage of it are the, are the kind of things I, I think we'll start to see. One thing we've been really wanting somebody to come on the show to talk about this, an expert, is talking about taking on your competitors one by one, which you referenced in yeah. the white paper. Right. So you said, you know, we're all still in our boats and we're still racing. And so I can see my four competitors ahead of me. You said you take one on at a time. So how do you right. know which one to go after first? Yeah, great, great question. Um, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll tie it into another point as well, which is uh, this answer. So, so the important thing is you have to reframe your mindset entirely as you, as you, as you think about competing in a bad economy everyone is struggling in your sector, right? Like there's nothing unique. You're not being punished. It's not, it's not something that you did wrong. The, tr the truth is when, when you have this sort of a downturn um, with, with the amount of time that's associated with it, you, you have to reframe your expectations. You have to reframe what you think, you know, the new new is. And part of that is, is a, a very, um, honest assessment of, of yourself versus your competitors. Um, I think the, the other piece that I don't really talk about in the white paper that I believe is a truth is any share gains you make 
in a down economy, as the market rebounds, you manage to maintain that share percentage, ultimately yields a multiple effect. Mm -hmm. So, so we're, you'll see an awful lot of movement in, in the market right now in terms of share. Sometimes that share happens because your competitor um, can't sail anymore, right? For, for whatever reason, they, they can't economically survive and they, and they, sh they close up shop. And, and part of the challenge in, in, in picking off that competitor is really picking up their customer base. How do you, how do you immediately step in and, and, and take advantage of that? Um, you know, and, uh, the, the, other, the other thing that you have to do is, is um, sort of look at your performance at a much lower scale relative to their performance at a much lower scale. And, and that makes logical sense, but practically it's super, super hard to do. So for, so for example, all the work you did last year, figuring out your go forward market, <clears throat> market size, trend analysis, all the classic stuff that, that you do when you're worrying about your, your annual um, activities or your, or your multi-year activities, all of the data that you base that on, throw it out. It's no good anymore, right? You can't be making decisions based on work that you did in March, April, or May of last year. It's just not real anymore. So very, very quickly, you have to understand that new environment, where the competitors are in that environment, and then you, and then you, uh, I, you know, you need to have very mercenary thoughts about how you're going to pick them off. What's their weakness relative to yours? What can you focus on that they can't do? How can you use your, you know, your capabilities to um, take share from them? And uh, you know, it depends on the company and, and the industry and, and the size of, of the entity and the resource you can put behind it. But I think that mindset. Is is super important, Ver, you know, versus um, dreams of global dominance. Mm. Uh, right, right now, you should be thinking about day to day getting through this transitional period, and then how you take more than your fair share in that in that time frame. You and and you're right. You also then have to take stock of yourself and realize what you're what you can do and what you're really good at. So I think that also dictates which competitor you you go after because if you sense a weakness in them, which is which is your strength, that in my mind, that's one that you go after immediately. Right. Usually, uh, more, more sailing analogies. Right. Back in the days when when uh, uh, sailboats fought one another uh, on the water, they you wouldn't see a little boat taking on a big boat typically. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd see a little boat taking on a little boat. So so that's one of the key factors is try to take on like size creatures, um, and then and then. If, if you have the ability to uh, gain access to capital, either through outside investment or your, your own funding, uh, you're going to find this is a phenomenal time to buy share. So, so acquiring companies that, that um, you know, are having a, a tough time weathering the storm, especially smaller, newer entities that have good intellectual property or capability, I think you're going to find it's a buyer's market uh, for quite a while. It's a great time to go after their talent, too. Absolutely. So that's, that's, a, that's actually a, you know, uh, uh, thinking about who you would like to get on your team uh, from a competitor that's in a critical role can, can, you know, uh, you know, can have a major impact on both businesses. But, but more importantly, I think, you know, I, I heard an estimate the other day that, you know, somewhere, uh, you know, 28 to 30% unemployment is ultimately predicted. You're, you're going to find a lot of folks who are in the market, either on furlough or having been laid off from top firms, top companies, 
who are out there eager to find a new home. Um, so I think spending time to keeping keeping an eye out and dealing with that that human resource crisis that we face globally, um, and, and especially here in, in the U.S., right? Finding that that talent, retaining that talent. This is a super good time to uh, be focused on. It's beacongroupconsulting.com, everyone. And I don't want to say that as my journalism career that we've buried the lead, but the reason that Cliff has created this business and has this lens oriented toward always forging forward, there's a very compelling story behind that. Do you want to share that? Uh, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I used to, I've, I've been a consultant my entire career and uh, I've had an opportunity to work in a number of uh, great firms over time. Um, but about, you know, several years into my career, I decided I wanted to uh, eventually start my own firm. And I really wanted to focus on the growth side of things. Um, you know, in the, in, the, in the services world, there's the profit equation, right? Profit equals revenue minus cost. Lots and lots of consulting on the cost side of things, you know, process improvement, IT consulting, HR consulting, anything you can measure formally. That's that's a great thing to consult in because you can demonstrate ROI. Um, mm -hmm. the, re the revenue side's a little trickier because it's hard to show causality. And uh, when I when I uh, finished laying off, I think you know my uh, uh, somewhere in the eighteen hundredth person as part of a project, I, I decided I didn't want to make money on other people's misery. So um, so I started thinking about growth and. Uh, when 9-11 happened, I, uh, I was supposed to be on the second plane that went into the towers, and I canceled the night before to race sailboats, and, um, uh, which is why I'm such a freak about sailing, I think. Um, but uh, but it, it, it triggered, it accelerated, to your point, it, it accelerated a, a decision I had made that I probably wouldn't have taken for a number of years, and I, and I started the firm. Um, and, and at that time, everyone thought I was pretty crazy because it was a down economy, um, very, very uh, uh, similar in terms of the travel environment, uh, the economic downturn, uh, the uncertainty in the market, the, the distress in the market. And uh, I, I had a, uh, a one-year-old child and a pregnant wife and, and, a, and a really strict non-compete in place. So... I had my work cut out for me, um, but uh, but what I did is I, I did a lot of what is laid out here in the in the in the framework. And, and you all, you, normally we don't share our frameworks outside the company, but um, in our clients. But we've been we've been making more available so that companies, you know, as they're trying to figure out what to do at this time, are um, you know are, are equipped and, and have a, a, another way to think about the challenge they face. But um, you know, we, we, we followed the money. We knew that the defense sector was an area the, where, the, where the American warfighter was going to need support um, to go fulfill the mission. And, and that's uh, where we started initially. We, um, we, we weren't silly about um, hiring a whole bunch of people and, 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 you know, having the perfect letterhead and uh, all the sorts of things that new entrepreneurs do. We, we just focused on um, grinding out for a year survival. Right, Do, doing relevant work, uh, helping clients grow, being referenceable—all of the things that you do to build, um, you know, build momentum. Um, and and you know, I think the, the the lessons that we learned, the the pragmatic mindset we had, um, the, the 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 brutal uh, self-assessment of our capabilities and where those fit in the market uh, versus you know, kind of uh, high self-esteem. 
were really, really necessary to, to let us navigate at, at that time. And now it's, it's what, almost 20 years later, last year we completed our thousandth project for our clients. Um, we, we work with leading corporations around the globe and help them figure out how to uh, navigate times like this. So it's been, um, it's been a great ride so far. Ironically, your story is one of, by, by doing what you loved, it saved your life. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I I feel like it's, um, we have a phenomenal team at the firm right now and these are really difficult and uncertain times. And, uh, you know, we're living this playbook and it's hard, but, um, we're doing it because this is what needs to be done to survive. And, and I think, um, you know, my intent is that it continues to work the way that it, that it did before. So I'm not, I'm not just advising this. I'm, I'm living it right now. And you have lived it. Well, we feel very lucky that we had you as a guest today, Cliff, because uh, it's great advice from somebody who has been through it um, before and now again. So um, thanks for all the great advice. Beacon Group Consulting and on LinkedIn, you are Clifford. Farah, and um, I like this. Uh, sadly, you said I don't participate in participate in Twitter, and my children are very disappointed in me. So no Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Cliff. Appreciate it. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Audrey. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.